Hello and welcome. This is Rachel. She is the global farmer yeah. on Instagram. We've also got Jane. You can't really see her. Oh yeah, her. there's a dog. You might be able to. It's a wide angle lens. You can okay. get Jane to jump up. Well, I'm know. a bit worried she'll jump on the brakes then. Jane, you Jenny, come here. Jane hops. No, she's too uh, sensible. It's the first dog on capture. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, wicked. Yeah, she's, she'll have a wee feature later. She's, she knows an attractor. Once she's got a spot, she's not allowed to move. Yeah, yeah. Even if there's like... She's sitting like this. She's She's from New Zealand. Yeah, and she came with... I got her at 15 months, and I was actually her fifth owner. She had a bit of a rough start. And um, five owners, pretty out. Yeah, bless her. She didn't get on with men, and to be fair, like she struggles with a few things now. I was walking around the race course, and some people were playing with the football. Yeah. And she ran like she bolted, but stayed in sight. And it's a big area of land, so she's fine. But she's just petrified of certain things. Like if a man's got a spanner or a stick, she'll go near him. She'll just hide under the car. Oh shit. And then, like, I've had her five years, and she's still got that fear, which. I mean, like, I'd love to take a stick to someone that's done that, but it's, that's me. It's horrible. My dog's, it so was. not as, but my dog, all I know about him, I got him at six, and me and Ruth got him at six and a half, and he'd been in, in the kennels where we got him from, like, the rehoming place for a half a year. Mm. Um, the people who had him before never walked him. Wow. So he's like, Friendly Sorry, and nice. Can I swear? You can swear what you like. Oh, I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I say it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so he's like, he just like barks like crazy at other dogs. But if you let him go near him, he's not going to do anything to him. He just yeah. doesn't, like, he has no socialization. We try training him and stuff, we've got him as good as we can. But like, last night, there was a cat meowing outside our house, and it just for like two hours. So if I look tired, because my dog was barking oh. for two hours, I was like, I was trying not I to. I drove back from Hampshire at three in the morning, so that's my problem. But, you, um, you've been around and see loads of people. Yeah, well, I've only got ten days left in the UK, so I'd like to try and make the most How of it. How long have you been in the UK? Don't know. Not very long. Not very long. But you lived in New Zealand for two years. Yeah, and, and then... You're based in Norway so, at the moment. Uh, kind of. So, I left school at 18, did biology, chemistry, physics and maths at A-level. Looked around Cambridge to study medicine, you know, just teased. Did, did you come from far? No, God no. Oh wow, so you really like... Well, it was, it's, a, it's an odd one. I've got pictures of me as a kid on farms because um, my dad's a chartered surveyor, so he helps people get planning permission for agricultural buildings oh. and other stuff. Um, but basically when he would have his meetings, I would sit in the dog's bed at the farm. And then as I grew up, it was like, <laughs> oh, she can be useful now. So you can go and do the water buckets, and yeah. I'd love it. And then as I got older, well, I was only four when I showed Highland Cattle at the Royal Show. Yeah, I think I seen these ones on your blog, but I was trying to find out who your name was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to be polite. No, that's all right. Um, and Highland Cows was cool because I think it was just a bit of glorified childcare, like someone to ditch me with at the show. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, I always say, if you've got a cute kid and a cute calf, you do well at the shows. Yeah, that makes sense. And then when you stop being cute, you start being useful. And unfortunately, I'm very past the useful stage now, and I just wake up and wash cow's asses at the show. And <laughs> you've got into the full practical side of it. Yeah, I mean, the Royal Welsh is great because I'd get in at like three in the morning, but I'd religiously be up at six in the cattle lines just to check the waters and make sure the cows were all right and then go back to sleep. Um, so you just... still have a lot of ties in the UK? Yeah, I'd say so. And to be fair, there's like a number Highland cattle family being one, there's I'd say at least three farming families that semi-adopted me. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, they just, they made me who I am without even realizing it. Yeah. By giving me a chance, like this weird nerdy kid that loved science was able to come and, and you, help on a farm. And I'm not shearing in New Zealand. Well, no, I was never sheep shearing in New Zealand. You never sheep shearing in New Zealand? I learned that in the UK. Oh, did you? Yeah, so, oh, oh, that's, okay. I worked with a shearing gang as a wool roller and I was occasionally allowed to go up on the stand using completely borrowed combs, cutters. Yeah, but you were still out, you were in a shearing gang. No, 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 no. I was, I was completely freelance. I did loads of stuff out there. You just there. did whatever. Yeah, well, it was like, so what happened was uh, twice I ended up completely broke out there. And when I say like completely broke, I mean I had $52.64 in my bank account. Yeah. And, uh, no, that's right, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I've got no work lined up and I need to survive. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I made a list. I went from my location, I paid that month's rent, paid my phone bill, 
uh, and I was like, right, what can I do? So I put my location in and then went tractors and rung every company in that area. <laughs> then I put farms, rang every company, rang station. And in the end, I, I rang over 100 people um, and I just was like, this is me. Yeah, I yeah. can do this. And just like looking at the company website whilst on the phone, making it up as I went along. <laughs> and I got offered five full-time jobs of eight part-time, just on the phone, yeah. or like by interview got all the interviews uh, passed and then was like right I'll work these three full-time jobs all at once so that one of them will have to pay me first and then it was like <laughs> I'll just keep going and it, I just yeah it was great fun um, but you know what some of those people that employed me then not realizing at the time yeah. saved my bacon but I went and saw them back in August and like they're just such top people yeah. and I, I think it's New Zealand more than any country I've ever been in if you work hard and show, like attitude is everything. If you've got an open attitude, a willingness to learn, and respectful, just yeah. people are not respectful enough. Um, if you've got all of those, you're lining yourself up for a winning combination. You seem very professional over there, for sure. What do you mean? As in they don't wouldn't tolerate bullshit. I was about to say, I was like, they've all got bogan haircuts. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, they're out there wild, but like. I've even got the rolled down bloody gum boots. It's professional. You turned up, you wear like a speedwell shearing thing. Oh, no? so this is highway shearing. I have oh, to highway say. shearing, yeah. Highway shearing are absolute stars to me. I've got my Rip Fagan jeans. I've got a funny story. Have you heard of David Fagan? Yeah, uh, I've heard of Fagan jeans. Fagan jeans. So this all comes from world record holder David Fagan, who is a legend every context great man well i was at the welsh and i'd obviously done quite well in the show ring with the highlands that day and yeah. i had a crack at shearing that we don't need to talk about that it wasn't very good but um i'd been celebrating as you do throughout the day with hymns and whatnot and i went into that i thought you shearing know, hymns, yeah. Got, yeah got a bit of big bollocks and i was like i'll go see who's in the shearing <laughs> walked in and this guy had a jumper which said nz marino on it yeah. and i was like oh I used to live in New Zealand and I went up to him and I was like, oh, where's your farm? Because I just thought he's a farmer yeah. and he was telling me he's got a few thousand sheep in the North Island and I was like, oh, I've never been up there, whatever. And he said, what's your name? And I said, um, you won't know me, I was nobody shepherd. I, and he said, what's, what's your name? And I said, oh, Rachel Strachan. He said, I think I've heard of you. And I was like, no, you haven't, what you haven't. Anyway, what's your name? And he went, David. And I went, yeah, David what? And he was like, David Fagan. And I literally pushed him because I was pissed. I was like, no, it's not. Come on. I should know David Fagan when I see him. What's your real name? And he was like, no, nah, my, my name's David Fagan. <laughs> and my response was, I go to work every day with your name on my ass. <laughs> and then luckily I saw his son Jack later on that night, who we follow each other on Instagram for a few years. And I was like, Jack, I've just completely made a tea to myself in front of your dad. And he actually turned around and said, no, he'll really appreciate it yeah. because he's sick of everyone treating him like a god, which he is though. So it's like... <laughs> I don't say that now. No, don't treat him. I, like I would have bowed down to him if I'd known who he was, but instead I pushed him. Like he would have thumped me if I had the right idea. Bloody hell, so... This is funny. This is a side of agriculture I don't really know much about, which is brilliant. Yeah, well, making a tit of myself. No, not just that. All like, <laughs> oh shit. Like, I, I can shear a sheep, but I shear sheep, but like, not like in any kind of circles or know what any brands are really. Oh, Christ. I've only entered one shearing competition ever. Yeah, but you, I bet you sheared hundreds of thousands of sheep, haven't you? So do you shear now? So you're, you're going to start this season? No, nope. I go to Canada in 10 days and I've got, that's why I'm organising other people to cover my small flocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My small flock customers are amazing. Yeah. Like, I shear for such interesting people and I'm now staying with them. They're friends of mine. They send me Christmas cards when I'm in Norway. So you I, just told me that you do small flocks, and I was going to hook you up with some people I know who would want some shearing done. Uh -huh. But instead, you're like, can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm you just do. trying to get other shearers in areas because when I work I'll, in my May time, previously, yeah, yeah. I'll start at five in the morning, and quite often I won't get to my next place until 12 or 1 in the morning again. Oh, wow. And I do that for the month of May because I can't. I've always got other work lined up for June, so I try and fit in. And I didn't realise, but it's actually very hard to find a shearer for a small number of sheep. Yes. Pedigree breeds are yeah. near impossible yeah. because 
pedigree breeds have almost a completely different shape to a yeah. commercial. A yeah, lot. the commercial they're doing is the same every day. They don't want to be bothered different with the Oh, it's like a Ryland's face. I would switch here things that are tall, lanky, yeah. bony, and you've just got to take your time. And actually, a lot of it is just having a chat with people. Like, you'd be surprised at the amount of people I say, Look, your sheep's obese, and you're actually giving it diabetes, and that's not a good thing. I know you love them, and I know they love their treats every day. Me and my wife have this but... conversation with my mum about her sheep. They're overweight. Yeah. They don't need to be overweight. She's like, Oh, no, we need to put some loose sand in the field with them. I'm like, Why? They're not a lamb? We've got loads of grass. Yeah. Now you need to do it. Uh, and it, it's like uh, a lot of people would be like, well, my sheep get a feed every day, my horses get a feed. <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, well. Well, we can talk about horse feed until, like, because now we're entering what I'm talking about. Like, horse feed is like interesting because people like, so the hay we've got on the front of the tractor, we're delivering yeah. to a horse yard, it's stalky, weird, brown stuff. And you think, oh no, that, my, my horse doesn't want that. My horse wants lush, lovely green, sweet It'll go straight stuff. through it. No, no, it doesn't. That's what you want because yeah. it smells nice to you because it smells like aniseed. Your horse wants that because it's roughage and it's like fairly low carbohydrate but it's quite high protein. Yeah, um, and this is it as well. Try. Like I've chatted to a lot of farmers in Norway who keep their sheep in sometimes six months of the year because yeah. it's so cold. And uh, I'm like, if you actually put a bale of straw out, you'd be surprised at how much is eaten. Yeah. Um, because they want the roughage in their diet and they're like, why oh. is their shit so runny? And it's because you're pumping them full of such pure goodness it's just going you want the and goodness. really all you're doing is paying for top quality fertilizer you then spread on your field and then just just harvest it again well you might as well <laughs> put some pellets straight through the slats in my mind like it's such a bloody waste but anyway it's it's amazing how so much that i would think is common sense people are just unaware of it happens in all it happens in all parts of farming there yeah. there'd be a lot of arable farmers out there who don't understand or have limited knowledge of like carbon or nitrogen cycles and stuff like that and you think should be but it, i guess it just happens doesn't it you just get into it well i mean i've never had my own stock which i always hand, hold my hands up like i'm very much i work for other people and do as i'm told but yeah. i really appreciate when people are open to a discussion and i find that the best farmers you can and i can be a very irritating worker at times i'm sure if you ask <laughs> why they can give you a real answer yeah, yeah like yeah. Well, why do you do that and if they can't you know if they turn around and say it's the same way that dad did dad and did granddad yeah, yeah. before him and this and the other okay at least they've given me an answer <laughs> some people are like fuck off do your job shut just, up just do this because i do it and yeah what? but the people that are like well actually rachel because if we look at the breeding cycle of the you and this Whatever, and this yeah. and this and this and then i'm actually like wow i've learned something today thank you for teaching me and i think that actually we need to have been a lot more honest about these kinds of conversations and in the uk it's it's almost a bit secretive. It's like, God, how, how have he got his use so big at market? And Oh, I get that because I tell everybody everything. Yeah. So online, I'll tell everyone what I made on everything, how much everything costs, what I sell everything for. And, it's no, and I'll help everyone out. So people are always like, I remember when I started growing Lucerne alfalfa and like doing quite well with it. I had like neighbors asking my customers if they could take some and have a look. I'm not just ask me, I'll tell you how to grow it. Yeah. I've got 300 acres, I'll tell you anything. Like you never, like I've not got the, like, country market corner like, you can go on AHDB and read it if you could be bothered but instead you're going to be sneaky so yeah no I find that I find that very strange around farmers that they do things like that especially in this country I think that's what I, I was going to say especially in this country especially in this because country because you'd be amazed at how open well, others are I and think that's what I meant when New Zealand the more professional is it is a like it is a job they approach it whenever I've watched and okay I'm not really watching that much stuff online about sheep probably more like forage but the forage guys like the silage guys out there are professional oh yeah like right. they are, they look rough as hell but like they're professional as hell like yeah. every thousand hours every thousand kilometers they're changing the bearings on the trailer and stuff and in england you'd be lucky to see a trailer that has lights on yeah like it's that's that's what i meant it's like uh, it's they do an insane job attitude. but it's a, it's a very efficient system and yeah. one thing that really pisses me off is when like they love to jump on the bandwagon of New Zealand animal welfare and in the UK it's brilliant yeah. and as someone who has farmed in New Zealand I can tell you now that for example a difference if if we had a severely lame ewe in this country uh, we're talking probably you know carrying their foot or leg not putting weight on it yeah um, we would take her away from her floor give her a nice little pen fill it with straw she'd get food and water ad lib probably an energy block if there was one hanging around yeah. nurse her back and jab 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 
you know, antibiotics, that is. Yeah. Uh, quite often pain relief, admittedly, but mainly just antibiotics. And we'll see how she goes. That you eventually, luckily, if you're doing it right, will come right. And then how she goes with the breeding flock and you'll breed from that you again. Yeah. And that's the UK way. In New Zealand, I mean, that then leads on to potential problems with the stock and if you retain females, etc., etc., you're lessening your genetics, I believe. Um, in New Zealand, if that ewe is taken away from all her friends in a flock of over a thousand, she'll quite often die of stress before she can get back to the farm yeah, because you've removed her sort of from her environment. Yeah. She's never been in the trailer, she's never been this, that, and the other and they just get so panicked, they're already under a lot of stress and in pain, so you shoot her. Yeah, but yeah. then that meat doesn't go into a hole, doesn't go in... <laughs> Sorry, they're my customers. This, these are people I'm delivering the bail to. They've got children in that car. Oh, God. Go, Jack! <laughs> go, Jack! <laughs> go on. Yeah. Just get into cab chat, quick. It's a cab chat. <laughs> Bye, Jack. <laughs> that's Jack. I'm um, sorry. That's the first. That's um, the first. just. At that. first, I was like, "God, you're horrible to your customers." Like, I'm horrible to my customers. Like, I do like screenshots where I like just argue with them. Like, what's happening? But it's like, it's kind of just, it's not, I'm not really angry. Yeah. Like they'll message me and be like, can you deliver a bail? And I'll be like, fuck off. I don't like you. Leave me alone. I wish I had no customers. <laughs> just just go, just don't have horses anymore. Or whatever. <laughs> there was there was one, I have one customer, and she actually, they used to be at her yard. Well, it's not her yard, but now she's sort of starting it as her yard. Right. And she got these new liveries and she started a group chat to order hay and straw. Yeah. And she goes, oh, hi Will, this is whoever, Amy and Georgie. Uh, this is the, the, they're the new liveries at the yard, they're gonna let you know whenever they want hay and straw. And I didn't reply anything sensible, I just wrote, Amy and Georgie, this is your chance to rise up against Beth. <laughs> I, we don't have to put up with this tyranny. Together we can take her on, we can have this yard for ourselves. I bet that went down. Like it would just, yeah, no, it went down really well. Oh, that's alright then. They, well, they I only, sound I like I good people. I only want customers who have a sense of humour. Yeah. Some of us can't be that picky, you know, but hello. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you were saying about New Zealand. Oh, in New Zealand, so it should be shot, and uh, that meat would then go to feed the dogs. And, oh, okay. you know, like it's not put in a hole or sent to the hounds like it could be here, which I think is a bit of a waste, you know, like when you've got. I used to feed my um, co used to my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I, my dogs aren't raw meat. Why? I, I literally just had this conversation on the phone before I saw you. What a waste of a life if it gets wasted. Why the like, fuck? Yeah, it's better to be fed to a dog, nice, clean, cheap, like no, no, no um, suffering, than mm -hmm. die slowly in a hedge in the snow. Agreed, 100%. And like, it's amazing, like the indigenous people in Norway are the Sami, and they're mainly up in the north. Yeah. They cross between Sweden, Finland, and Russia too. But um, they farm reindeer and the, the traditional reindeer farmers and there's a respect to the animal that they farm there is not a part of the reindeer that is wasted yeah, yeah. like they use the bones for stuff they use the feet for stuff they even use the eyeballs yeah. every part of the, the animal and i just i really like these old principles of not only have we put effort into loving it and caring for it and letting it live this life but out of respect for the animal at the end we're not just going to waste gonna, like, it. Drag it out, waste it. Yeah, or leave it in pain and, and this and the other. And it's um, it's a really interesting one. And I mean, talking on Europe, I know some absolutely fantastic farms in Europe. I've worked with them, I've lived with them, and they're brilliant. But I will also say that I would eat New Zealand lamb in a heartbeat over anything that comes from Europe because I've also seen some absolutely yeah. shocking things. Um, I, I and they've that. got the rules for English people to go, oh, but it's so much better than New Zealand because it's awful. And then there's no one there to enforce them. Yeah. it's. And as long as it's breathing and they can get milk out of it, they'll want me to shear it. And I'll go, if I tip that, it's going to die. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, can you shear it standing up then? And it, it won't stand. So can you just shear it to where it is? You, see, you, you do see that. You see farms that the RSPCA go and inspect and they get told off and then the, the, the government go and inspect and they get their funding withdrawn but they're still allowed to keep the animals. You have to do some really fucked up things in this country to get the animals. Like and really fucked up things UK to get the animals. The UK is, is no, um, no perfect place. That's, that's definitely not what I'm trying to say but in the same breath it's a lot better on average. You know like when I say I've luckily as a contract shepherd you get to see 
and yeah. I like to think that I learn a lot but I learn about how not to do things more than I learn how to do things I um, think I've never been part of that eat British be proud to be British sort of food nonsense because it's sort of it, it, it's sort of like oh thank a farmer it sounds like you need to feel sorry for us and I don't I don't like that, I don't get that, and I think the reason you should eat British is just like A, it doesn't have any, any food miles, B, you do have a say in how it's raised, like politically, like do you I know what I mean? I was saying exactly this with the, the Kenyan pig farmer yesterday, yeah. and he was like, he's stopped doing this hashtag back British farming because he's like, oh. I want to back all farming. Yeah, back all farming, because there's some fucking brilliant farmers everywhere in the world. In, in, like, like, we were always taught growing up, oh, Americans are like, do this with their livestock and it's all feedlots and it's all chemicals and you're like no it's not that's just what you're told like americans are out there at the forefront of direct drilling and cover cropping and nutrient preserving and stuff like that they're fucking miles ahead of us in loads of ways and we're miles ahead of them in loads of ways mm. and rather than just judge them rather than go oh, new zealand's bad we should learn some stuff from them they should learn some stuff from us my best friend is a soil consultant yeah and i call it dirt and she'll have like a massive pit um but uh she's she's actually amazing and she helped introduce me into this world of regenerative farming yeah um purely because we were actually living together and it was like how was your day at work and i was like trying some sheep how was yours and she was like well we discovered that using this will increase your nitrogen levels and blah blah blah, blah. am i your gate bitch uh sure go for it it's unlocked so why not it's down there. Where is it? Oh. Of course, it, of course it's. Yeah. You've opened the gate for me and got back in. It was, a, it was a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> I got to know your dog, though. Oh, yeah, she's pretty cool. 20 countries, old Janie. All oh, right, like, like, before. So you're 24. Yeah. And you've gone to 20 different countries and you've. I've actually been to 21. I went to Spain without her when I was a kid. But you've, that's amazing. But you've done. And you tried to theme that around agriculture. Well. Yeah, no, I finished school. Um, 20 countries. And uh, yeah, sorry, I was going, I finished school, was going to be a doctor, wanted to become an orthopedic trauma surgeon. If I didn't get into Cambridge, I was going to go to the University of Pretoria in South Africa. Someone gets shot and stabbed, and I was like, hang on experience. I was going to say, love that. You want to be a trauma surgeon. Um, yeah. And I'd actually say, it's really hard to get work experience in the NHS. So I went, I applied through the usual routes, got nose, and was yeah. like, right, how can I do this? So I sat in orthopedics. And I watched the receptions, receptionists, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who do they sit up for? Like, who's the most important guy walking in? Uh, and I watched it twice. Okay. I was probably sat there for about an hour. And I saw it, and like, before he had the chance to read out the patient's name, little old me was like, I'm Rachel, and I want to be a doctor. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I was like, I want to be an orthopedic trauma surgeon. And you know what? <laughs> you didn't do that voice then. You went, hello, I'm Yeah, I'm I tried to be a bit more professional. I put on smart clothes. Yeah, um, like kids, because the, like... Whatever I did, yeah, it worked it out. The, oh, the monitor behind your ear, stethoscope. Hey, I love the part already. <laughs> yeah. um, but it worked because the next week I was in scrubs uh, observing arthritis surgery. Oh yeah. And I had the most amazing work experience. I was allowed to take my camera into surgery, which was like a massive no-no. Wow. I got lots of paperwork done, so I could do that. Um, and. Anyway, this is, uh, it was a shoulder replacement surgery and a 70-year-old lady who actually died two weeks later because it was a f daughter-in-law that was pushing the surgery in the first place and I was there for the consultancy and blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Wow. Oh, my, heavy. Uh, but whilst I was there passing him instruments, taking pictures like, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I cool. had to get dressed <laughs> by a nurse for scrubs and sterile stuff. Yeah. Um, there was two people told to stand by the door with their eyes open and their mouth shut. And I was a bit like, alright, I'm having a great day. And then at the end of it, I was like, who's that? And they were the qualified doctors out of medical school. And they'd studied for five to six years to be told to stand by the door with their eyes open and their mouth shut. Now, of course, this doesn't happen for everyone. No, no, no. But I saw that and my dream died like that. I was like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Just, I don't want to be working my ass off for so many years to not get anywhere. I was just um, going to ask you if you, wanted to, if you wanted to carry on doing it. Like, well, I, that was it. it and I just, I, I didn't do well in my final exams. I just, all my motivation just dropped and um, 
yeah, I mean, it worked out for the better, especially the state of the NHS. Hats off to anyone that is a doctor because I couldn't do it. And yeah, no, I do credit it. where credit's due. Fully supportive of all the strikes. Publicly, will say that um, they're not paid enough for what they do. Um, and the NHS. Tell you what, Norway's got. Uh, sorry, this is away from farming. No, 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 go for it. Norway has an amazing system. If I need an appointment when I'm out there, I get one on the day. You wait till you go to Canada. I lived in Canada for a bit. That's fucking great. Oh, well, let me just say about Norway. <laughs> this is a really good point, and people need to realize this. Uh, you pay about 25 quid for a doctor's appointment, which oh. really is nothing for yeah. what you get. Um, and ultimately, it adds up and adds up. And if I broke my leg on the mountain, needed an air ambulance and life saving surgery, you would pay a maximum of £200 for that year, we sets off for the next year. Oh, so, so if you've got diabetes and need insulin, you'll pay a max of £200 for your insulin that year, and then nothing yeah. there on after. And £200 is money, but I think it's affordable. But so it's somewhere similar to our prescriptions, like there is a fee, but it's also still subsidised. But it, it means that people think twice when they book a doctor's appointment, yeah, yeah. do you actually need like it? Like putting a pound in a shopping trolley. You, if you called an ambulance, you would spend 200 pounds probably yeah, because yeah. you needed that ambulance that day but then you have these people that ring an ambulance on a daily basis so it's uh yeah. the nhs yeah. is in real trouble um having used it having recently well, i didn't have it myself my wife had it, our child yeah and stuff that. like that it's uh it's going through covid with it was like zero out of ten in fun like the people who are there like really try hard yeah but like everybody's so overworked that like stuff got missed my kid was ill for months without being diagnosed and then when he was when he was diagnosed he was like the, the medication they gave him was like weight dependent and they wouldn't let us weigh him because of covid but then we had to go in to order the medicine but then the nhs would pay for the medicines and we had to go to a private uh i was just paying the ass it's and not much just, worse than a sick kid I, like, I, I don't i don't have system. children but i've had friends that have had real trouble. This is Graham. Yeah. He's gonna be like, hello, you just struggled to close the massy door. Tell you what, everyone is like that massy door. Right, it's, it's I will bit, say one thing. It closes easy, it doesn't do that weird latch thing. When you're sat in a the driver's chair, you can use your weight though to like assist you. Uh, yeah, but yeah. when you're uncomfortably on the and I must say this is a very comfortable passenger seat. Passenger but when you're so close to it it's like an awkward angle. That's why I've got, that's one of the reasons I've bought this passenger seat so good. You fit, you're there with your legs stretched out with your dog. Oh, it's lovely. You can imagine because I've got a kid and dog, it's padded. It's, it's not like that, you know those uncomfortable plastic ones are where you're breaking, you'll just end up like oh, slipped John up. Ones, yeah. And uh, and I've still got cup holders because the case had like well, I like down. how like I can use this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like cup ones. Here. So like you can have that on there. But then if you do that, it's sort of here, then you can't use I that door. I might be a bit of a massive convert. I'm, I was I'm like, liking this. I wasn't like into it until I drove it, and I was like, no, this is pretty cool. It's I like would, a good stop. It's one of those tractor. where, obviously, like, I've never owned my own tractor, <clears> so I've always just driven. Ah, don't together. you go. Come here. Come here. Come on. You end up on the brake. Um, I've always just driven what I've been given, and, like, you have to be... I always think that tractors are a bit like football teams. You're oh, my God. almost, like, spread into it. And a farm is... Oh my god, they are. Like, blue I till they that. die. Yeah, I didn't um, realise that until I... And if I then, like for example, I was a New Holland driver when I left the UK, and then I started driving a John Deere in New Zealand, yeah. because it was the tractor that I needed for my job, and I just was a worker, as I have always been, and I got so much shit on my messages being like, what fucking bit have you got on there? It's a fucking piece of shit, this that, and the other, and I was like, it works. Works. It does a job. John Deere, right? Like, they're just expensive. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't like this whole the warranty doesn't work unless you get it done by a John Deere person with a John Deere oh, oil. Oh, that's a load of fucking shit. I'm right? a bit like, if you live in the middle of nowhere, it's going to cost you so much money to. What yeah. warranties are fucking Swiss? Like, I think I think that they don't like. I think that they don't bother fixing all the little niggly things. Because what you do is you buy a brand new tractor and a load of niggly little things happen, nothing major. All the, war the guys come out, they do it for free because you get a three-year warranty. At the end of the three-year warranty, you have a three-year finance, three-year warranty. The tractor's now yours, but you're like, oh, I keep these little niggly breaking downs. I don't want to pay someone £200 an hour to fix it, so yeah. I'll just upgrade. So then you upgrade, and then I think you end up in a weird cycle. That's part of the reason I wanted out, and I bought, I bought this one. I didn't I shut this. that. Uh, no, he would have come down. I think Graham came down. Uh. He's going to get the game. 
you've got a shutter oh, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get the gate. Yeah, don't right. worry. Fake, fake it until you make oh, it. Oh, fake it until I make it. Oh, hello, your dog is yeah. like So that's her usual position. Do you want her over here? No, yeah, yeah, I can't. Jenny, come up here. She's fine, like. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, sit down. <laughs> She's just like getting used to the new. This is a Matty, Jane. It's a Matty. And I'm a bit of a convert. I, 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 they had one out, so I did like a drilling demo thing. I'm going to do another one this spring to sort of do like direct drilling versus plow versus mid till. Yeah. Like boring arable stuff. Um, but it was like a trial thing and Massey let us borrow a tractor for that. Does it have a shorter front? Yeah, a really short front. And it slopes down so you can see everything. Like yeah. And stuff. No, I just, I just picked that up. I was like, I like that. It's good. It's a really good. If you've got stock, it's a really good. No, I don't you have stock. You could lean over hand, to where I am and you could see your see front links and know where yeah. Ooh, that's handy. To hook that on was just like I can just see it. Yeah, I just need to put my head to the side. It's great. Like no offense to the case, we had this great big six-cylinder bonnet. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Plus, it's black. And that's stealth mode. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often you get to buy a tractor like that. I've got a baby. Well, I wouldn't know. So don't say never say never, right? So you see my yard. Like I started, I ridiculously fortunate to be able to start with that, but I started with nothing. I bought tractors, I worked, paid them off, bought, upgraded, built a barn. Like, it's very it's, considerate to Mercedes drivers, by the way. Yeah, I built, I built, built it from the ground up, like, in that respect. But it was very okay. lucky to have the land. So it's like, it, it, this I own outright, there's no, there's no financing. Like you, can, like, you can do it, you don't, you can just not, you just don't pay yourself a lot of money. <laughs> you have to as, buy stuff for the farm instead. Things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I don't know. It, I, you could get a tractor. Would you want a tractor? Would you want? Would you rather a tractor? Well, would you rather have? Well, the way I look have... at it is that I would like a tractor to feed the animals that I have. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but it's a means to an end. Well, and who knows? Like, I don't know where I'll end up. I don't know what country. I don't know what I'll be doing. So. How cool is that then? Like, that's pretty cool. You don't know what country. Like, you've got a boyfriend in Norway, and you spend a lot of time in Norway at the moment. Yeah, we do two shearing seasons there a year. Um, I read so that I, on your blog as well, so you shear them twice. Yeah. Um, is that because so, it's so cold or? Uh, so they come in oh, off, oh, it's alright, it's nice and padded compared to the John Deere <laughs> ones. I'll, I'll write that on a review. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, so they come off the mountain, they go into the sheds for about a month, and then yeah. they get sheared, so that's lambs and ewes and rams, and then you shear them pre-lamb, so about a month before lambing, six weeks preferably. Oh, okay. Um, but they've been inside for months, so they're sticky, depending on the airflow in the shed. Like, there's a bit of a science to getting a sheep in the spring as nice as you can for lambing it. Yeah, and I must say that, like, our Norwegian customers now, a lot of them have been trained going back 15 years from Scottish guys that I've also worked with. Yeah. And they've, they've now been passed on. And they're, like, excellent in the... They'll be, like we've left the fan on for two hours and then we put the door on for you because we'll just try all these different stuff so that you can make your life as easy as possible yeah. because obviously when they're in lamb they're heavy they're already big you've got to be careful and them. they're just angry as hell yeah. so it's like if the, you've got to push your handpiece through you're only going to push the sheep off more and it's, it's, it's an unpleasant experience for everyone nothing worse than sticky one. Oh. Sticky maggots Mag aren't preferable. Oh, I, maggots are horrible. You know what? I'd take sticky wool because sticky. only now, and it, to be fair, it took me two years to trust myself with a thin comb. Yeah. And like a real thin comb with no bevel and like right on the sweet point because I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to cut it. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and once, like, and I, I use Heidegger combs, little plugs. Simon Tangi, UK Heidegger, legend. Um, <laughs> my van got nicked and he offered to loan me all the stuff. Oh, so, no way. That's yeah, what I was getting. Because the expensive as hell. Yeah. So, like, on a side note, I would only support people who are genuinely amazing and support I do, me. I do that. So, I've never taken anything for free from Instagram. I don't yeah. want to. I, like, I get people to ask me to do it, and I'm like, I recently got some friends of mine asked me to shout out their company and I'm like, do you know what? And, and, and they wanted to give me something for free and I'm like, do you know what? You're my friends, I should buy something from you. I want your stuff anyway. Yeah. I just bought it. Because that's the way you show support for friends. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, I talk about them online as well, but I don't yeah, get paid yeah. for it. Like. No, and, and I think that's the difficulty. I was with Catherine Jones this week. I went gathering on the Welsh Mountains in a beautiful, beautiful place. And he was like, I've never had a contract. If someone gives me something, I will say if I don't like it. 
yeah, yeah. and he'll be completely honest and people therefore have actually stopped using him because they're like we don't want him to say anything bad um, and you've got a double-edged sword but I think that it's interesting mm, I've had some, there, well, I've had some really good chats with farmers people that are thousands of followers on Instagram little on me with a couple hundred happily but um, they're like someone it was actually that Welsh farmer Johan Humphreys yeah, who yeah. said to me the problem we've got now is there are so many people promoting themselves instead of promoting agriculture and yeah. they're doing it in the mask of their promoting agriculture but actually they want to promote themselves and we've all got to eat and I'm a very much live and let live if I don't like it I'll unfollow you whatever yeah. I don't need to see it fine but it's it, you get these twisted messages and it was like I was just speaking to people yesterday and it's like if your ridge line's immaculate and all your pictures are you looking pretty going next to sheep and look I'm holding a vaccination needle yeah, it's yeah. like actually come on now like when I was at Yoans we vaccinated 250 years and just had a chat and so I could write about it on my blog and I did turn around and say because halfway through it was like can I take a picture got to find out and he didn't and actually though like the thing about Yoan and all the people that luckily I've been careful to meet it's like they would be doing that anyway they're not doing it to make a post out of it yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. doing it to tell everybody about it they're doing it because it's their life yeah. and occasionally he'll be like oh today we're doing this Yoan brought his camera out once to show me getting stuck in his bog <laughs> just to be like haha treating her to whales the other thing that's really interesting I found this when I've met Yoan when I've been to see him or when I've been to Lama and stuff like that is you're actually having fun and because you're having fun with the buddy you don't take any photos yeah do you know what I mean you're just having fun with the buddy well, and it was interesting as well Yoan spent a lot of time at Lama with uh, Tom Pemberton yeah who yeah. like great I think he's really supporting the message of agriculture he's a um, really nice guy I've never met him before I, don't, I didn't follow him I never watched any of his videos yeah so I got a two I was hanging on a time to do it but I, I, I met him at Lama as well and he was lovely well Yoan was like how he spent basically a lot of the time taking pictures for Tom and then someone was like can I have a picture no with you and Tom actually had to take a picture which yeah, was I, like I was super. <laughs> and I, he relayed that story and I can just imagine it and it would be so funny but um he was like actually I had no part of himself that wanted to go hey guys I'm with Tom Pemberton look at me and I just think that actually that's just down to credit as him as a person you know Yoan is an amazing bloke. Um, there's another guy like that as well who I've had on the podcast before, and that's Tom Lamb. Mm -hmm. um, but Yoan is just, uh, yeah, he's only been like hitting big on Instagram for like a year or so, but he's just really down to earth, really nice guy. You know, I and met him at say, the Royal Welsh yeah, did in you? the marquee was he with Pete Wicks. Oh, really? And he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and an umbrella hat. And I was yeah, like, yeah. God, you look like a prick, but you look like a fun one. <laughs> so he's fucking up, he's a sweet dude, he loves his wife. He's kids and he's like oh. he's passionate about farming but he's just he's, there's like no sort of bullshit i i really like the guy and i've got a lot of time for him and it's i'm lucky enough that not only have i followed him online i've met him in person and there's a lot of these people that are like so i've started on the blog i'll just fill everyone in started interviewing people because i like being nosy on farms and usually i can do it with my contract shepherding but this is a way just to kind of speed that up i go and work for a day for people for free uh, and I just ask them a load of questions about their farm and their lives. This sound like what I'm doing with this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, much, find out what makes I feel so tip. much more comfortable yeah. when I'm actually working their sheep because it's like a, a universal language. When I'm working in countries where I don't understand anyone, they'll look at me and be like, what's, what's that little girl going to do with her dog in a van or whatever? Yeah. And when I start shearing sheep, suddenly they will bend over backwards for me. Yeah, because they're like... Like Jane will go and gather 2,000 sheep in the Alps and then I'll get dinner because they've decided to cook for me and don't want me to go hungry. You know, like it's it's a Just universal language hard in the Alps. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I was up there, I've got a funny story about that too. I met this shepherd called Fulvio. He had to drive four hours up a, a gravel track and uh, he's got his flock of sheep with loads of goats. I think he's got 20 guardian dogs up there, something like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we went to a refugio, which is like amazing. It's in the middle of nowhere, can't see anything, anyone. And there's only there's this building, which is for like walkers, and refuge is what it translates to. And they cook for people, and Fulvio took us there for lunch. Yeah. And we had this polenta, which is beautiful up there. Like, I don't like the other 
Western version, but in Italy, it's stunning. Oh and I drank a lot of wine, like probably at least a bottle, because it's rude to leave it. It's and you're in Italy, do it. Well, and I was in the Alps, and it was like, oh yeah, altitude, whatever. And then afterwards, we were talking, and my friends who had taken me there were also speaking English, so they were translating for me. And uh, he was like, horses, yeah, you like horses, come and see mine. And we went to his flock that had just lambed, and there were two horses there. Yeah. And I just, I've worked with horses a lot, and I've worked with lots of weird horses, and I just walked up to them. And he was like, normally they fuck off on people. Um, but just your just, Maybe they were like, oh, she's drunk, <laughs> whatever, you know? <laughs> so I just went up to them and started patting them. And then he, he turned around and asked my friend who translated, do you want to ride them? And I was like, oh, yeah, great idea. Completely bareback, no tack, not even a halter on. So I got slung upon this horse and there's a video of it. And Fulvio like leads it for four strides and then let's go. And the first thing he says is Arab, so no squeeze. Yeah. Now, when you're bareback, there's not much you can do but squeeze, like to stay on. And then we started going up this slope in the Alps. Yeah, I'm assuming this is in the evening or night, yeah, yeah. No, it's in the afternoon, it's, it's in the afternoon, lunch. okay. You're, you're just like, drunk in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you are. Come on. <laughs> Experience the culture. I've been to Italy, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And uh, no one was there. It was literally just like four people, my dog, his dogs, a uh, load of sheep, two horses in the middle of the Alps. Oh, and guardian dogs. And uh, anyway, this horse was going up this face and I had to squeeze to stay on and then it started to canter and then it did like two strides of gallop and I'm like full on arm out here, hand gripping the mane, cowboying it, going fuck, 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 fuck and like singing because I didn't want to act scared because then the horse freaks yeah, out yeah, and so on and so on and then suddenly this horse just stops dead and like almost chucks me off because it stops so dead and um, I just sit there on this horse looking around the Italian Alps going how have I ended up here? Like just in complete amazement. And um, yeah, I jumped off, gave it a pat and went, am I not like <laughs> And I've got a brain injury, so I shouldn't have done that, but I did and it was fun. Um, oh, damn, we're too tall for the drive. We're too tall for the drive through with the, with the, with the traps. We've got to get out and go get a car. Oh. Um, that's amazing. So yeah, James just I still can't believe that you've done so much when I asked you how old you were. Uh, I get that a lot, and I get, I was told last night as well, um, people say that I'm wise, which I'm, I don't, don't sound I, like I feel like I, wise means like philosophical, older, yeah, usually yeah. gentlemen, um, and uh, yeah. I think it's a compliment. I take it as a compliment, but I'm also a bit like, I think it's all about perspective, and I'm very lucky to have worked in so many places that have given me that perspective, that yeah. if someone says something, I can be like, Right, but then if you see it from here and this and that and the other, you, you got, can make a much more evaluated opinion. Yeah, you've got like the life experience behind you rather than just not that there would have been anything wrong with working at Tesco Sea 24, but you've gone yeah. out and seen stuff. I'd, I'd say so, but then even from a young age, like I've, I've always worked, um, love having different jobs. I just love watching people, I think it's I really interesting. Interesting that you've not only done this, but you've not you've also come from that hang. Anyway, we're yeah. gonna get this is about to Sorry. run out of battery. So we're oh. gonna get coffee. We're back. We've got coffees, and uh, you're Thank going. You. You, that's all right. It's a pleasure. You're going to Canada. Yeah. You're going ranching in Canada. You're not just yeah. going to Canada. You're going to live in. The, whereabouts are you going? Vancouver, BC. You like go BC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I was. Uh, I lived in. BC. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. I know. I lived in Alberta, but I landed in. Al I landed in uh, BC. I spent a bit in BC before yeah. I started working. It's beautiful. Mm. 100 would recommend Canada. Would live in Canada. Would live in Canada. I was thinking yeah. about that this morning. I was like, if I wasn't wanted to be a farmer, I'd like to live in Canada and I'd like to drive a peace basher on a fucking uh, ski slope. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's, I guess like opportunities are endless. I just like winging it. We'll see how we go. Um, yeah, yeah, if it's yeah. Jane Lydon, come on. Jane's coming too. It'll be Jane's 21 country. It's, it's taking her pretty easy. Like yeah. passport-wise and all that. Oh, she's never had to quarantine. You're going to be dangerously close to the clutch there, girl. But you'll learn. She's all right. Um, so, uh, but you know what? She's got a fan club in so many different countries. I get texts from Norwegian farmers being like, so when's Jane going to come and visit us? Because they've forgotten my name. They don't care about me. I'm just a sheep You don't have your name online, so they can't remind themselves. I used to, but there's another guy that does my organising who I work with and he's a legend. But... Um, 
now he used to hate it because especially when we first started going people would go can the girl with the dog come to shear our sheep not you and he'd be like you and that fucking dog <laughs> so it worked out fine but um no she's normally norwegian dogs aren't allowed in the sheep shed because they're only used for like two or three months of the year they see the sheep and they go a bit mental oh but okay yeah. she's look at that fucking leg cocked on there it's a big old clutch i can fit my foot and yeah but that's like the kind of like uh -huh. Uh -huh. She's asleep. She's like this on my clutch. It's gonna go down now. Sorry. You go. <laughs> I can't crash. It's a roundabout. Like, damn. Here we go. <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So where people and like same in Italy, they just they love to watch her work. Germany too, because she's got a lot of power. Being from New Zealand, yeah. loves working cows. Prefers working cows over anything else. She's worked reindeer, and then actually I love in where I'm now living in Norway with my boyfriend and you literally cross the road and then I'm in the mountains yeah yeah I mean that's like, all of Norway there to be fair yeah <laughs> it's just my my routine every day I go for a walk in the mountains with my dog and bless him my boyfriend's like can I come on a walk with you and I'm like I will go on a walk with Jane and then come back and then we can go on a walk together after but I have to have this walk just with my dog so I can be a nice person can you speak Norwegian um, a little, not much. You're relying on your. Are we your, going your, on a motorway? We're going on an A road. It's just, it's just got three lanes. Okay. I do it all the time. Don't worry. That's fine. That's I was fine. just, just, just reminding you. That just, just worrying about legalities. The, the highway code. Um, that's fine. That's fine then. All right. Um, <laughs> that dog's, that do dog's very precious. We yeah. can't hurt that. I okay. usually do it with a trailer. Okay. <laughs> Call the operator. I know what I'm doing, I think. I've got um, the flashing light on. Oh, the flashing light means everything. I've got, and I've got two flashing lights, so I actually can go fast. Come on, that's excessive, it. really. It's way excessive. <laughs> um, all we need now is some flags. Yeah, so. someone said that. I think, I think I've got to get a, like, a pirate flag or, or a cannabis flag. Oh. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> Speak about stuff like that online. I'm like, you know what? I never get that much shit online. I never get like I get I got I get the occasional person being like, oh, I don't know why you bought a mask or something like that. But generally <laughs> speaking, I don't get like because I do like a lot of stuff for the environment, so I can put my like money where my mouth is to an extent. If someone wants to give me, let's say that someone who doesn't eat meat wants to give me shit about producing like food for animals that are going to end up getting slaughtered, like I can just reel off all the statistics about how much carbon actually gets produced by meat as opposed to... It goes back to that whole, I can ask you why question, and yeah. you know exactly I know why. the answer, like I'm a fucking professional. And I respect that. And I just don't get that shit, like I don't get any shit, it's just a... It's, that's why I was saying when we were going into this, I've got two minds about social media. It's one, I, I think a lot of it is really toxic and bad. Yeah. But like, I've met friends and had experiences that I would never have had. So like... Like I said to you, four years ago, I had a burner phone as my main phone. Didn't have the internet, like, at my house. And, like, I've gone from that to going around Lama and want to take photos. Yeah. So, and it's just a fucking fun ride. Like, and I don't know, uh, I know that I'll want to get off at some point. My cousin has now, but I didn't know when. Yeah. So doing this is, like, such a different thing. Because we've never met. I didn't know your name until you turned up. It's kind of cool. Just get to Elusive. chat. Yeah, I know. I like that. I was, like, I was like, I'll do the polite thing. She's going to my farm. I'll find out her name. I'll read her blog. So I read your blog. I was I like, she'll say her name in a minute. You know. Well, you know Jane's name. I know that, Jane's name. Yeah, you mentioned Jane one. about every three paragraphs. She's, I was actually, in two minds, do I do a blog on her? Because really, like, she's been to 20 countries. Everyone fucking loves her. Like, she's, she's gorgeous. She knows like, it. Yeah. Animals like that, do such a different world. It's 
said, we drive around and shit, six sheep here and four yeah, sheep there. And you're doing that, right? So, like, people have asked me, like, what would be my end game for my session? But what I'd love to do, what I'd love to do, I could never do this. What I'd love to do is to almost do a documentary thing where I'd go to a different farm in a different part of the world and go to Iceland and go, look, they've got no Arab. Yeah. Like, but do you know what I mean? Because if you, because I. And that's really what my blog is. It's, you're doing it already, which I love. It, it's just like, well, I have to, I'm just doing, writing about what I've learned as I'm just on this journey of, I'm interested in that, so let's go and look at it. Um, but it's all self-funded, of course, so yeah, that's, that's where it's, say. it's hard, but, oh. Oh yeah, that's, um. Popular? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> cheers, mate. Um, yeah, no. It's, <laughs> he, he works with my wife, so he's going to be like, who was that girl in the tractor with you? Oh, jeez, don't get me started. That, that's another thing, like, women in ag, I, I'm in two minds about because we have a lot of women in farming that aren't on social media, that are just getting on with it and doing their job. Then we've got another load of people who necessarily aren't directly involved in agriculture, but they'll go and pick up a lamb. And look at me, I've got a vagina, but I'm also capable of holding this lamb and taking a selfie. <laughs> You and got, it's the equivalent, it's like the gender equivalent to green. But then I'm also a massive hypocrite because I'm the farm herd. Uh, yeah. You know, like I milk it, don't get me wrong, but I'd also like to think that I'm out there doing it enough that. I tell you what's good is that you're, uh, you're being self critical. So you're trying to modify what you're doing. Well, as, as I said, perspective is everything. Yeah. And I'm like, right, so if I brand myself this name, what can I stand by it? Global. Yep, I've been to 10 different countries and it's only, yeah, I was in 10 different countries the first month of this year. So, okay, tick box, farm, yeah, do a lot on farms, tick box, and her, I'm female, yeah. tick box. That's pretty good. So That's better, like I said, it's better than CapChat. CapChat, yeah, I mean, I like CapChat, it does what it says but, on the tin. Yeah. <laughs> but I think COVID farm as well. I've got a lot of time for just simple black and white. It's just, uh, it's just interesting. It's just I'm just trying to get inside the brain of a lot of farmers because there's a lot of people like the, the reoccurring theme is that social media is bad, which is weird because we're doing this on social media. Um, the reoccurring theme is that good and bad to everything. Ag yeah, there's, there's good and bad on farming forums. Oh there's God. good and bad at bloody farmers marts. Like, yeah. God, it, it, it's all about how you deal with it. But the beauty of social media is if you don't appreciate it, you can unfollow. You yeah, choose to consume that content. Yeah. So if you don't like it, you don't have to see it. I'd love the mute button. If someone would get upset if I unfollowed them, mute. I don't see it. Not a problem. I, just, I don't mute. I unfollow. If someone annoys me. Oh, uh, I, I maybe care a bit too much about. I just what think because otherwise, because some, if someone like on the very, very, very rare occasion that someone says something to me, let's say that someone did criticise me massive there, but let's say they've got oh you should never sold the case. rather than come up and be like, oh let's say they said oh. That was a mistake. Like rather than being like, well, your mum made a mistake by creating you. Like, which would be funny for me, but like that's just creating that's just throwing more anger out into the world. I'm just like I love having discussions with people, but then you've got to be very careful how you interpret it, a comment or a message. Yeah, whether someone's actually gonna be willing to listen. And this yeah. is where I don't wanna say it, but I'm going to. Veganism. I know lots of vegans. Do they force me to be vegan? No. But will they actually have a chat with me about why I produce meat and why I'm happy to eat the meat that I've killed or produced or been involved in? And it's because I know it's had a better quality of life than other sources. Is it, is it, called, is it called cognitive dissonance that where you've learned one thing and you don't want to remotely engage with anybody else? Like you're, you've decided that meat is bad. Because you've decided be that, and, and because you've been told that it's the biggest cause of climate change, I mean, you could be presented with whatever. It and yeah. call it narrow-mindedness. Yeah, it, we just call it that. <laughs> you know, they see one thing and it's just that, and that's that's them. And you know what? Everybody's guilty of it. Farmers are guilty. Uh, it's part of society almost, and it's the way that a lot of us are brought up to be, and that's it's just how it is. Um, but it, you know what? It's I would love to be if I do something, and I've said this online that. It, to all my friends, and I'll say it to you too, if I do something which goes against, before I even started this new Instagram, I wrote a list of principles, and I was like, this is it, I'm promoting British agriculture, yeah. not myself. There are parts in it that are relevant, because the farm hurt is me, 
Yeah. But then there's got to be an underlying tone that when people look at it, it's promoting agriculture and not just British agriculture, all agriculture. Um, and anyway, there's a list of principles that goes down. And as Johan said, it's this, instead of promoting ag, you're promoting yourself. And it's really hard to separate the whole business and personal on social media. Yeah, it is, and it is with farming as well because it's such a personal job. And your personal opinion might not be the personal opinion of your business or your company and therefore you have to be careful and it's it's a fine line definitely but um, I think that social media has a lot of benefits because you can bring someone who sits in an office in the middle of London to your farm on yep. Instagram and you can go look we're not all bad um, but in the same breath, that person might log on, see a video of a dead sheep and go, <gasps> that you're all bad. <laughs> Horrendous. So, yeah, and, but again, it's all about perspective, interpretation. One thing that really winds me up about this algorithm they go on about, if I put a picture of myself on or with me in it, it will get 10 times as many likes as me going, look, this is bad or please read this because it's important. Do you know what I don't like about that? Is that we end up... And that encourages self-promotion. Yeah, we end up censoring and, and, and editing ourselves to fit the narrative of a fucking robot. So my example of this is like... We're all turning into AI. Yeah, so, so we, we're almost like we have to appease this weird AI god. So I had a real problem with this last year because I started getting knocked back on Instagram because I swear and I don't believe it out. So if you watch a Reels and someone talks about sex, in the, in the, in the, in the um, captions it says sex or only friends or instead of fuck it just has like asterisk or whatever. And I didn't do that, I just said fuck and didn't put captions on. But all those people who are doing that, they're doing it because they're scared that a machine, not a human, they're scared that a machine is gonna not give them as much attention. And it's the same with a picture of yourself. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put me in this picture with a tractor, because if I'm in it, like I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm an animal, I've learned that you know, and I normally get 40 likes, but I get 60 when there's me in a picture. So I'm in every picture with this machine. I'm in every picture with this lamp. It does better. Now you're changing your behaviour and your attitude and your language to suit the needs and the wants of a fucking machine. Yeah. The, the people at Instagram probably don't aren't in complete control over. It's it's an AI algorithm. It's just doing what it thinks is right. And it's, that's fucked up way to live, isn't it? It's nuts. It's and then, nuts. And then, like, to become this influencer and have this lifestyle, it's, you know, something really interesting. If someone, I've noticed this, and I'll stand by it, if there's a person going, thanks, I've got 5,000 subscribers, guys, thanks so much, never expected it, love you all, kiss, 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 yeah. they're the ones doing it for self promotion, not for farming. Because the ones doing it for farming don't care if nobody sees it, or if 10 people see it, or if 100. On the, whole, got, on the whole, on the whole. I used to have that thing turned off because they have it. They give you a professional dashboard when you reach over a certain amount. I kept turning it off. And they made it. I can't turn it off now. Yeah. But I don't want to see it because I think it's bad for my health to see how many people. Because you can well, see how many people a, saved it. As I it, said, there's this app called Meta Business Suite, and you don't have to see Maybe any of it, yeah. and you just post through that. And you know what? I I, and as that. I said, I've got a lot of stuff scheduled. I had over 800 posts on my old Instagram, so now I'm just trying to like fill up my new one so that people can see what I'm about and some of the stuff I've done awesome. and I've made an effort to do little write-ups to be like that's good I think that that's this is doing, it. doing the little write-ups is good I, I well, start... it just puts context like instead of shearing in Germany it's like shearing in Germany yeah. we've got 20 different breeds and one mob so you have to change your pattern every sheep and it's hot and like at one farm I haven't put this one on yet I was shearing under a dead cow's head and we couldn't work out why, whether it was to like attract the flies to the head to leave you. Oh, but I put it, it on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it. I don't know if they did or not. It was just in the air on the stick. And wow. I wear the shearing trailer was set up. And I then put it on my old personal one and was like shearing in Germany. It's known to be good luck in this culture to shear under a dead cow's head to encourage the sheep to sit still and promote the good wool falling off or whatever. And the number of people that were like. Wow, we should try that. <laughs> oh yeah, I and I was just like, oh my god, how, how, how is it that people are this naive? But then, you know, there's some other stuff I go to that is pretty damn unbelievable. Yeah. And it is like, I went to uh, North Norway and was leading a reindeer on a rope, and I've got a reindeer lasso. Did you lasso reindeer off the back of a snowmobile? <laughs> it's so much fun. So yeah, cool stuff like that. Um, 
I just did it to show that farmers are just, it's just a fucking job. It's a fun job, it's a great job, it's a job you like, but it's just a job. Like you travel around the world, you get to see dead, get to share sheep under dead cows. Yeah. And you get to drive black tractors and do weird shit, but it's a job. And it's just fun and I take the piss a lot. And I think there's there's light, like a lot to be said of just having light in situations. Um, do I need to get the skate? Nah, it's electric one. Oh, oh Jesus! Stealth tractor, electric skate. This isn't mine. We're at Nick's farm, by the way. I've got to phone his gate number, which he sent me. Oh. Oh. Um, all right. You carry on talking. Sorry. Oh, I'm just having a nosy. Yeah, we're just nosing at Nick's so farm. Like, oh, there's some sheep having a bit of a fight over the lick bucket. That will need changing soon. Oh, yeah, two years. Oh, they're going for it. Oh. <laughs> right, where are we? Nick had a meter group. Very farm, family. I'll also say something which I know will trigger a lot of people. Last year I've gone off North Country Mules. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. They're okay. They, they're good sheep, they're good mums, but... Actually, if you're trying to farm an efficient system, I much prefer smaller breeds because you can put one and a half to them instead of a North Country mule and get one lamb and they land themselves. I used to have the um, Welsh Mountain Blacks. Yeah. And lambs. Do you know what? I had a mixed flock of Beulahs and Welsh Mountain Blacks and I crossed them with other things. I never had a big flock, I just was supplied. I used to get sorted and then supply the meat to local pubs. Mm. The, um, which is, it. yeah, it was, it was good fun and it was fun one last year. I'm not seeing it the last time, but um, the Welsh Mountain Blacks never really had a problem ever. There was like almost never maggots. There was maggots every now and again, but almost never maggots, almost yeah. no food problems, almost no lambing problems. Real, not the highest lambing percentage, but piece of piss. Lamb outside, let me go with yeah. it, loads of fucking milk. Like, and I hated, they were lovely sheep, they were almost like pets, but I hated Suffolk for the same reason. They're big, dopey, bloody. Oh, I lambed in Suffolk, it actually put me off lambing in the UK. Um, it wasn't a pedigree, but it was a Suffolk flock. He, the farmer, the farmer, as he shouted at me, I am the farmer, um, had a degree in something completely relevant to agriculture. Granddad had cows, and he'd read a lot of fair play. He'd read and read and read, but he was reading like he was at the forefront of farming, right down to percentages and grams, um, when there's actually a lot of things missed, like common sense. Um, I wasn't allowed to give a ewes water after they'd lambed because I can't afford you to give them water and then shouted at me at four in the morning and went, I am a farmer and I know what my sheep need. <laughs> Before saying, I've employed you for your experience. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there. And it was, it was very hard to stick out that job, but I did and I finished it and that was that. But Jesus, there's... I think there's people out there who think that Learn how not to do things. Yeah. Well, because they were born into it and their family do it, they think that somehow that's just going to be in their genes that they're going to know how to grow a plant. Well, just because you're born into land doesn't mean that you're going to be any good at farming it. No, no, I have a word for it. It's a tractor driver with an inheritance. You need to go out and get skills. I like when I have a... Because I have kids ask me for advice online, and my two advice is one, travel. Mm -hmm. Because you'll see... It's like, and, Get and if, away and, from and your hometown yeah. and your farm. And if you can travel and do something different, so if you grew up on a cereal farm in, in East Anglia like me, go and fucking work on a vegetable farm in Germany, or go and do sheep in New Zealand, because it's mm. totally different. Best thing you can do. And um, the second thing is educate yourself. Yeah. And never stop educating yourself, keep reading shit. It's like family farms are a blessing and a curse, really, and they're a blessing because they are beautiful, fantastic things that you can get handed. The of everything, However, yeah. they're a curse because then you feel obliged to come back and farm and continue the family name. Um, I don't come from a farming family at all, really, um, and yeah, no one's a farmer. But uh, therefore, every opportunity I've had, I've seen, worked for, applied for, put myself in front of, and it's led me to have such a better attitude it's taught me so much about people and actually those that are willing to give me a shot i will bend over backwards for and they they helped me out when i was nothing and now i can go back and shear their sheep for them yeah, yeah you know and just things like that and i'll i don't like to charge because they're just grand people but um i shouldn't have said that i do like to charge i do like to survive we're gonna make money yeah. right but we're no. gonna we're gonna go oh wicked sorry i'm gonna leave the camera here for nick oh that's all good because then he'll put it online thanks everyone for listening yeah honestly you're a really interesting person if you're ever back we could do a round two of this oh thank I'd you i'd love to do that that was lovely yeah um, we're already a little bit in you're gonna ask me a bunch of questions for your blog on the way back yeah honestly Great. pleasure to have you on but you'll be on 
not this week, but next week. I'll be in Canada. In Canada, eh? If all goes to plan, Christ, everything's in pencil until it's in pen. Yeah, Canada's, but you've been there before? Yeah. I wanted to go before COVID. You're going at the COVID right time happened, of year. And then, yeah, that was like, I was going to go in October. Just ignore all the norm, the day to day politics that's going on over there because it's just such a beautiful, amazing place for wonderful people. Uh, that's it's the same in not, every yeah, country. It's just not worth it. It's so small in the grand scheme of everything that's going on in that place. And it's yeah. just beautiful. And, um, I can't wait. I was actually, so I would have never gone to Europe if it wasn't for Corona. But I could be an essential worker for Europe, but not for Canada. And I had to be a sheep shearer, not a shepherd. And as a sheep shearer, I was an essential worker. <laughs> and I think I worked out. Yeah, I remember that. I, I remember that being Because I drove like all over Europe. I crossed over 50 borders in two years of Corona. Because you were shearing sheep. Because I'm an essential worker, yeah, animal they, welfare. They couldn't get, like, isn't it like the Peruvians come and shear the Spanish sheep or something like that and they couldn't get over because of COVID? So they wanted shearers to go down south. Norway had a real problem, yeah. and then a lot of Norwegian shearers going, we can handle it ourselves, and it was the Norwegian farmers that were like, no, we fucking can't. Um, and it was a real clash, actually. Um, but as I said, our customers are fantastic, and I stand by almost all of them. Um, as if, like, we all have our faults. But yeah, they are brilliant, and they are incredibly loyal and caring and stay in touch and all sorts and, and really that's all you want but I guess it's as well like we go out of our way to keep our customers happy and make sure that someone's going to shear their sheep and then, then it's relay but I, I guess that's that's like all I try and do is I try to do the right thing at the right time to the best of my ability yeah. and, and therefore in all not all but most of my previous actions I can go okay I can look back now maybe it wasn't the right thing but at the time yeah. I thought it was and now I've developed since and Learn and move on. I think that's all that we can try to do and it's a whole like if someone helps me I try to help someone else and yeah. it's not the way the world is but I'd like to think it's the way the world should be I think it is and I, uh, so I, always, I always try and do business with someone I know because I'd rather mm. pay someone I know yeah. So I'd rather pay someone I know for anything, for a tractor, for a harrow, for fuel, for anything, mm-hmm. rather than pay a stranger, because then you, you know, yeah. No, I mean, but I would also say, I think that's a luxury to have, to be able to afford that sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cause it, yeah, because yeah, the bush of <laughs> you've got to have to deal with it at some point. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I go to places where I need help and I don't know anyone, so it's, you take what you can get. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've actually got mechanics in every country now, like a zigzag, because my brand breaks down so often. Um, and when you said a van, I thought it was going to be like more of like a hippie. It's a van. It's a transit. Like, it's a transit van, it's a van. that has all my shearing <laughs> equipment. In it. And everyone's like, you should get it sign written. I'm like, I don't want people to know who I am when I'm honking them out the road. I, thought so. I did think I was going to going to be like a like a camper van. <laughs> it's got a bed in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume I it had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very basic. Yeah. Um, and. If I'm honest, I had to sort it within three days because I was late to go to Italy because my mum got stolen. Right, on that note, we're going to have to go. So yeah. We're going to have to get back. Sorry, but crazy it's been, a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.